Welcome to the Make Music Income Podcast with Stephen Bedall of the Production Music Academy and me, Eric Copeland of Make Music Income. In this podcast, we'll talk about our experiences in music licensing as music artists with online channels, our publishing and royalty incomes, and our combined over 40 years experience as music producers for hire. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome everyone to the Make Music Income podcast, episode number 10. Today we're going to talk about mid-tier libraries and what we mean by that. We'll talk all about that, but these are basically stock music royalty-free, in some cases, libraries that we feel are in a different space than the normal stock libraries and certainly not in the higher space of sync libraries, but they kind of fill a middle ground that we feel like. And so today we're going to talk about that, but first we're going to talk about our week. Steve, what you been doing this week? Well, first, first of all, hopefully the, the listeners will, uh, you know, can forgive me. I feel like I'm everything is kind of running in slow motion right now. I got my my booster jab last night, and I'm still kind of feeling uh, feeling the pain of that a little bit. But uh, I had a good week, and you know, I'm still feeling um, just so stoked about how the uh, the contest, uh, the scoring contest for the Production Music Academy went. Um, we, uh, yeah, I debuted everyone's work. Uh, Yesterday uh, at noon, go check that out uh, if you haven't already and, and cast your vote for whatever uh, submission you think was the best. But man, I, was I just blown away by the the quality of, of the submissions and the range and the diversity of, of music that people, um, you know, put on this footage and this and, you know, for anyone who uh, hasn't watched yet or doesn't know what I'm talking about, the um, the footage was just stock uh, NASA footage of the space shuttle, uh, you know, taken off. And it was, it's a 30 second clip that I put together. And I said, you know, no rules, uh, you know, just interpret it however you like. Uh, you can write in any style, any genre. And yeah, just, so, just awesome. It, and it was a pleasure to feature everyone's work, yours included. Um, so yeah, go check out that video and, and cast a vote. I think the, uh, I'll leave that, uh, the voting up until, um, until next week. And then I'll announce the winner. Yeah. Well, I'll put we'll put those links in the in the description of the podcast yeah. as well as the description of this video on YouTube. So yeah, yeah, um, very cool. What else? Anything else going on? Well, I'm still working on this like cinematic folk uh, record of my uh, now. Record. Explain what you mean by cinematic folk. Did I ask you this already? No, I, I think I, it's like I think I suppose it's like you know it's like folk music. It, it's it's guitar underscores. Um, you know, but, but there's an added cinematic element. So I'm, I'm adding a lot of strings to, to these productions. Um, what would you compare it to an artist or a, that's a good question. Or is it more like soundtrack music? Like it's kind of soundtracky. Yeah. It's, it's less, you know, it's less Mumford and Sons than it is, you know, I don't know. Some, uh, like it's okay. more filmic and like, and, and, and sort of cinematic. I, I guess with the added orchestral stuff that makes it kind of more cinematic, but um, and I'm working on a course uh, for the same topic. It's basically, basically, you know, just how to, uh, you know, create a beautiful kind of guitar slash orchestral music. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, cool. And uh, that's about it for me, man. I, I, I haven't had too much going on um, this last week other than those, uh, those two things. So what about you? Well, as usual, I have uh, lots of things going on. I just finished a little folk um, kind of indie pop folk tune. Um as I've said, this this year I am really focusing when I write something for stock uh, music, 
um, mainly for motion array or, or whatever. I'm, I'm focusing on things that are really good background type things, things that will sit in the background well for videos and for presentations and things. Mm -hmm. But um, I decided to do that in the in the kind of pop, indie folk pop kind of brand that I have. It's called the Splendid Manifest. And it's meant to sound like, you know, a folky band type of thing. It's, cool. it's kind of like a fake artist, if you will, type thing. I'm going to make a whole website for it you, and a Spotify channel and all that once I have a full album and kind of launch it with an album. But it's that stuff has done well. I've had I, uh, the very first one I did was for a taxi uh, pitch, basically. And it did not get forwarded, but um, I've since had it on make lots of money on stock and also be accepted by Crucial Music uh, as one of my, and they are tough to please and tough that. to get signed to. And mm -hmm. so I had one, uh, that song was signed to them, but they are, it's not exclusive. So it's still a non-exclusive song I can use all over the place. But yeah. this new song is called Pining for Spring. And because uh, I think we all are right now uh, across the country and the, uh, you know, with all, with the weather, crazy weather in the States and, it's even here in Florida, it's it's cold and uh, and overcast and stuff. I, I so, get a feeling that cold for for you means something different than cold cold for 50, me. Fifty, fifty or fifty five degrees. Yeah, I, I, see, I, I don't, even, I don't even know what that means in uh, in Fahrenheit. <laughs> I only we only do Celsius up here. Okay, so probably about zero <laughs> for you is what I guess. What I don't know. I think uh, thirty. Is it what zero is freezing, degrees in zero? Florida? What's what's freezing for you? Zero. Oh, zero. Zero degrees Celsius is freezing. Okay, so thirty-two is freezing for us. So it's thirty-two okay. off. Okay. So uh, fifty-five would probably be about twenty-three uh, of what you are, and that's been the the weather here lately in the fifties, but sometimes even into the forties. So subtract thirty from that. Okay. But. Um, that's cold for Florida when you're used to seventies and eighties all year round. Yeah, I thought, and I thought it was sunny there every day. Yeah, well, it usually is, but past few days it isn't. That's why it's so weird when it's not. Right. But um, so I finished this folk tune, finally got it done, and um, I, I played the piano on my new Hammer 88 Pro by M Audio that I just got. So that came in a few days ago, and uh, I'm doing a kind of review time on it. But so far, really like this thing. I'm going to go off camera here real quick just to show you this. It's got a lot of controls on it. From the, uh, you know, it's got wheels, but it's also got all the levers where you can mix. As you're playing, you can mix the first eight to ten channels, which is really handy yeah. to be able to be, you know, if you're playing a, a song and a part in and it's just too loud, you can instantly uh, adjust the volume of it. And then it's got really nice feeling pads on it as well with some really nice knobs up there. And you can do some serious DAW control with this thing. Yeah, but, very cool. I mean, that's just scrat scratching the surface. But the other cool thing about it that I really love is the fact that it really just sounds, feels good. It feels like a controller that is actually controlling. Yeah. Versus the keyboard that I had here before was a, a stage piano by Yamaha called the P515. Beautiful action. The best action I've ever felt in a keyboard, 88 note keyboard. But it was a stage piano. It wasn't meant to control Keyscape. Okay. Or, 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 you know, so this acts a little bit more like this Native Instruments one where it's very sensitive mm -hmm. to aftertouch and to all the things. And so when you're playing it, you're getting an accurate, uh, and this is way more accurate. So all that to say, I used that for piano on this and bass and finished up the 
thing and send it off to Motion Array and to Pond5 and to Audio Jungle. And we'll send it to a few more places. Hopefully, uh, um, hopefully it, it wasn't too funky. It seems that we've we've both no, had some funky. We've we've both had some uh, some issues with Motion Array not liking our funky our funky tracks. Yes, even Steve and I get rejected. We got both had a song rejected this month from Motion Array. Both yeah. were funky. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so they did not like our funk for whatever reason. <laughs> so they said, "Funk you," and you're not getting this in there. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, so uh, I finished something. I, my goal is to try to finish a song a week and get it in at least one song a week and get it in at least the stock libraries that I'm going to fool with this mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And uh, this particular one had four different mixes, a loop mix and then two uh, acoustic mixes where I took some of the pads out and I took the electric guitar out and just used acoustic instruments for a pass. And so on Pond 5, that's, that's called four audio files. That's right. On Motion Array, it's just called, and Audio Jungle, it's just called one with different things. So yeah. um, anyway, um, I finished the classical piano sonata record I was working on for my Sony BMG library and, and uh, sent that off to him. And I'm waiting to hear back from uh, that library on, on what they think. They liked it, the, the idea when I sent it to them and said, yeah, sure. Uh, and I, they, made a note to say, make sure you put some really well-known ones in there. So I did a lot of well-known ones by <laughs> Beethoven, uh, well-known ones by Mozart, well-known ones by Chopin, and also Debussy. So um, that's done. I can really now focus all my energy on the country album I'm also working on for that same library. And um, then I launched, uh, I, I can't remember if I launched Hello Composers when we did our, when we were talking about it, but I think it just launched here recently, but I launched a new companion uh, YouTube channel to make music income called Hello Composers. And uh, Hello. it's a, a fun <laughs> little uh, thing that we do and we drink tea and we talk about composition. <laughs> and so um, it's, it's, I've already done a short for it, which has done really well. Uh, talk, you were talking about social media last week. And yeah, get the shorts, shorts together, guys. It's like I mean the viewer the views on these shorts is insane, and I guess it's probably part of YouTube's strategy to to kind of compete with with TikTok. Um, and I think Instagram's doing the same thing, you know, like this reels and the shorts are just getting crazy exposure. Um, so something to think about if you're a YouTuber. Um, I haven't actually done a short yet, so I, I, and I saw that you did one, and I was thinking I should probably get on that, but. Um, I've been doing them for both my channels, and they've both done very well. Yeah. Um, the TikTok did the worst so far for this particular brand, although I have three followers that I didn't have before I put this up. Nice. Um, and it's got 470 views. Um, the one on uh, YouTube channel for Hello Composers, it was just the silly thing I did about uh, the leading tone and, and, and Beethoven. Um, <clears throat> but... It's gotten six or seven hundred. It'll probably get if it's anything like my other one. It'll probably get uh, past a thousand. Um, and then, but reels is really where it's taken off. I have over. I have just about twenty four hundred views on the one on reels. That's insane. And and it really grew the channel. It, it it's grown on the Instagram. It, um, you mean specifically on Instagram? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's great. That's really good. So, to know. I'm going to be doing more reels. Uh, I think those are things people like to watch. And if yeah. you're careful, you can make them a careful part of your Instagram strategy. Um, and let's see, what else did I do this week? Um, 
So, by the way, if you haven't, uh, you can look at Hello Composers. That'll be Go down check it in out. the info. Yeah. Um, I did a video um, with Tom Dupree and released that uh, this since we've done our last um, our last podcast, and that was re- is really interesting. If you're looking for alternate ways to make music income, especially if you're an artist uh, with Spotify and with products and all that kind of stuff, and so I'm I'm excited to get that done. And then I composed and finished Rise, which was a song as part of your uh, Production Music Academy's challenge. I I think those challenges are one of the coolest things about about any academy, whether it's Daniel's or yours or whatever, where they you do these challenges. And um, I can't wait till you announce the next one. That's going to be interesting. Oh, I can't wait either. Yeah, they really get people motivated, and, and I think people have a, lo- a ton of fun doing them. I, I think there's probably some mixed feelings about the uh, the contest as- aspect of it, and, and that won't be something that happens every month. That's just kind of a one-off. But um, the challenges in general, I, I think people are really enjoying that, and, and I'm really enjoying it too. So You could always just say, hey, you might get more comments by saying, we're not going to do a contest, but put your favorite in the comments below. Yeah, that's another, th- that's exactly, uh, you know, the kind of thing. Yeah, get people talking in the comments is always whatever, whatever incentive is for that is, is, is always a good idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's very nice of you to give out uh, uh, some pretty decent gifts uh, from for the winners of this. And, but yeah, maybe doing that from time to time is not a bad idea, but that was a lot of fun. And so, yeah, man, just uh, uh, I'll, also right before today's interview, I filmed another interview with a guy who is in my mastermind, uh, music licensing mastermind class, and really uh, was an interesting interview about another Spotify strategy to mm-hmm. get, this dude now pays his rent with Spotify income from not even doing ads like what I talked about with Tom, but just doing curated playlists and getting in those playlists and we went through his entire strategy, and it's pretty cool. Can't so, wait to uh, see that. I look forward to get that out here in the next few weeks. So yeah, I'm excited for um, that one. And and actually, the same artist just today was accepted to Music Vine, which is one of the mid tier libraries that we're going to talk about, and that will lead us right into our subject for today. And and if we can, we're going to. Uh, make that interview, uh, that short little interview I did with him where he talks about getting accepted and what they said to him. So it'll give you a little bit of insight into these libraries and what we're going to talk about, why they kind of exist in a different space, even though they are literally stock music libraries. You go there for stock music Mm -hmm. that you can put in your your YouTube videos and presentations, but they're different. They're, the, they're dressed the up. They're dressed up and, and they're presenting themselves as a as entirely new, different type they're of thing. They're in finer clothes. Yeah. By the way, this is our green episode today. <laughs> yeah, we're um, both looking like we're uh, military <laughs> today or something. <laughs> General. Um, so, yeah, uh, it'll be easy to do the coloring for this thumbnail on this particular. Uh, I'll put a one. camouflage background. <laughs> oh, I'm doing this one. This is mine. Okay, right. Um <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's all that I'm up to. Let's get right into today's uh, topic, which is these mid, what we call mid-tier libraries. There's probably a better name for it, but to me, these are middle ground between your average run-of-the-mill Pond 5 audio jungle all the way up to like the top cream of the crop type of 
of, of stock libraries like Motion Array. These are the next step above these, I would think, certainly in paying, mm -hmm. but also in presentation, in how hard it is to get in them and what they are looking for. Yeah, what to versus, expect, what, what they're expecting from their, their contributors. We can talk about that. Yeah. So um, I just have a little list that I'm going to go through of ones <clears throat> that, um, that I uh, kind of have outlined here, and mm -hmm. we'll talk about each one as I go through it. And the first one, the easiest one to talk about, is Artlist, because you have exact experience with that. So why don't you talk a little bit about when you got involved with them and uh, what your experience has been? Yeah, well, it's 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 interesting for me to talk about it. To, to be completely honest with you, um, I was uh, <clears throat> I was afraid to apply to Artlist. For a long time, I was intimidated, um, you know, by what I heard, um, what what I was hearing, and I felt as though my music maybe wasn't, uh, you know, at the at the level of quality that it should be, and I didn't want to um, ruin my chances of being accepted by submitting, you know, an application that was subpar. Because, as many of the people who have applied to Motion um, Array know, that you know, like when you apply and you're turned down, I think they have a a threshold or a certain amount of time before they would like you to, um, you know, reapply. Um, I think this is something that we talked about last, maybe or two episodes ago. You, they actually, rep they actually gave you some information, some actual information about that. It said six mm -hmm. months or something like six months to a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now motion array from what I, or uh, sorry, artless from what I understand, uh, doesn't necessarily, have the exact same policy. I think they allow for resubmissions. Um, you know, and they at, are at fast. Any time. You hear and back in a day or two. They're very fast. They have a dedicated team that looks through these submissions and, uh, you know, makes a judgment call about about them. So, um, when I can't remember exactly how long it took for them to get back to me, but it wasn't too long. I think it was a little bit longer than it it took you. Um, but it, it, I think they got back to me about a month later. Uh, and they said, and they were really excited. Uh, you know, whoever, um, the, the guy who was corresponding with me was, was really excited. Um, I'd sent them, uh, my, my lo-fi hip hop stuff, which I thought was the strongest material that I had the most license licensable. Um, and, uh, he, they were very excited to work with me and he had gone out of his way to check, uh, out my social profiles and I know this because he I didn't send him a Spotify link because at that point I only had one track on Spotify and that was something that I had written for a filmmaker um, ages ago kind of like a poppy sort of uh, you know tune with vocals I, I recorded my friend Missy singing on it um, so I hadn't include, included that information in my submission I sent him a SoundCloud link I believe and uh, they had gone out of their way to check out my Spotify and they said, hey, what about this tune? Can we, is there any chance you'd like to send us that as well? Um, I was really taken back by that. I, I was surprised. And I didn't, the reason I didn't send them my Spotify link is because of that lack of presence. I had zero followers. I, and, you know, there's nothing really to show there. Um, but they had gone and checked me out anyway. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind for people so who are applying. So when you started, when you applied, mm -hmm. you had a Spotify list, but zero followers? I had zero followers on Spotify. I had one zero track listens? up. Zero oh, listens? Zero listens. had one track. I had one track up. Um, there was so a couple Spotify, of listens, but, you know. Um, so yeah. Spotify wasn't a determining factor for them because you didn't have that much up there. It wasn't. It wasn't. However, I did send them my my uh, my website. 
And my website has plenty of, of, you know, it has a full demo reel. It has plenty of, uh, you know, examples of my work. Um, so they were able to kind of get some information through that. And it should be said that your website is very artist focused. Exactly. It really focuses you. It really talks about your, your band and your history as an artist. Exactly. And I think your website is way more focused on an artist than any of this stuff, any of your production academy stuff. It's your personal website personal, yeah. that does not talk about your production company. It does not talk about, barely talks about the channel, uh, I think, at all. Does it? Yeah, well, I haven't, like, to it, it, honest, yeah, I, I haven't uh, updated it in forever. It, well, maybe you it should. Needs, it needs a serious update. I mean, it's on my list of things to do, and it's, like, almost kind of, like, ridiculous that I haven't updated it. But... Um, at the time that I sent them the the application, it was what you're seeing right now, which is you know, um, it was early, still early days in YouTube. It was uh, it was you know I didn't have the production academy together. I think I probably only had one, maybe no courses uh, made at that point. So um, anyway, yeah, but I think that I was think at that time you had over a thousand followers, maybe less. Don't you think? Maybe well, less. I don't know because I was watching you then. <clears throat> and I think you you were you were at around a, a thousand at least. Well, I feel I feel like even like even if the YouTube channel wouldn't have been uh, relevant to the application one way or or the other, I don't think. Maybe I think you, what they probably wanted to see was just that I was writing good music. I mean, that's their business, you know. Is that yeah, they want to see that you're writing good music and and that you know what you're doing. Um, the website is a clear indication that you know I have experience. To, to, to them, I, you know, if I was a reviewer, I'd say, okay, well, this guy's, you know, he's been writing music for a while. He's experienced. He knows what he's doing. Um, I'm not sure what they would have thought if I'd sent them a YouTube link, but regardless of that, uh, it is important for the listeners to know that I, I didn't have any kind of spot Spotify following whatsoever. Um, and they did check it out. Um, regardless, they probably found my YouTube channel too. If they found my Spotify, they found my YouTube channel too. And they said, oh, you know, okay, cool. He's on YouTube. Um, well, you weren't only on YouTube. You were doing videos about licensing, about licensing and you were yeah. doing videos about things and you 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 did have a dedicated following. Um and and that was what March or April, is that right? Yeah, the, well the the music went live, finally went live on uh on Artlist by around April or May of last year. Okay. It took, and it took a while for that to happen too, by the way. It was it, it took like a I think almost maybe a couple months or a month or more than a month for, for the music to be processed by their team and go live on the site. My um, point about your, your website is that it's artist based. Right. And as we're going to talk about, as we go through this list of different uh, libraries, if you go check out their website, you will see that many of them are artist based and many of them almost feel like a record label in some ways where they have a roster of artists. And when you look through that roster of artists, you're going to be hard pressed, just like you would if you went to any other roster of independent roster that that is really well done. It's going to be artists that you would expect to see, mm -hmm. ages 20 to 40, you know, or, 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 or maybe a little bit more. But their imagery is going to be on point or very indie artist looking and band looking and things like that. And, and we see that, I see that at least consistently when I look through these libraries that we're talking about. It's, and that's not something you see on Motion Array 
or something you see on Pond Five, really. No, and it, and it can't be understated how uh, how important the curation of the artist profile is to them. It's very, very, very important to them. Um, so much so that they, you know, they insisted that I send them like a variety of professional photos, and they said, "Don't worry about editing editing them. We have our own team that like does the, yeah. the like the, the 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 coloring and like you know the all the all the things. They even master the 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 tracks, you know, for you. It's 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 very 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 curated. They're very uh, focused on their branding." Uh, and the curation of of the music that they have on there, and sh- that should be obvious when you're you're searching through uh, the, their catalog. Um, but it's something to keep in mind. So the other thing to, that's very obvious is just take the L out of art list, exactly. and you have artist. Exactly. So yeah. um, that that also can't be understated. And I think that the next library we're going to talk about falls into that same thing. Before we leave art list, do you do you want to remind people? what your takeaway was monetarily or talk about that at all as far as you know comparing it to the lower income stock libraries the, it only pays once a year yes yeah, so they pay once a year they paid me on um in december uh the music had been live f- since april or end of april maybe early may uh downloads were just a little bit over 40,000 downloads. Uh, and the payout was uh, in the range of about 16, uh, or a little bit more than 16 grand. Uh, maybe a bit more. I can't remember exactly what it is. I thought I did, it was I did, 19. Yeah, it was, it was higher than that. Check out, the, you can check out the video I did on, on the earnings. He doesn't even remember his own money. <laughs> on the Make Music Income podcast, you should know your money. Uh, your income, I know I'm terrible, Steve. <laughs> I have a but bad memory that, for numbers, but and and I don't know if you because if it was me, I'd have it all in a spreadsheet and I would be doing how much did I make a month? Oh, how it's all it's all in a spreadsheet. Download? I could pull it up, but I didn't want to waste any time right now. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's all there I for mean, my accountant. <laughs> we're all right now looking at Motion Iran and trying to figure how much are they paying per. Download and yeah, we've that's right. been able to figure that and how yeah. much are we making, and then we only make a percentage of each download. So I think that's interesting intel to see what Artless pays per download, you know, and and look at that. And, yes, well, it changes. It's going to change every year. It depends on how much money they brought in. You know, that's it's right. it's calculated based on their 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 gross. Um, yep. So uh, okay, clear, yeah, that's all. So I the next library that. To me, it probably seems the most like art list when you compare them side to side is Music Vine. Mm-hmm. Um, Music Vine is another one of these uh, that's very artist-based. And um, it seems like people are doing either art list or Music Vine. Um, I'm not sure people do both unless they use different artist names. It might, it might be fair to say that Music Vine has a bit of beef with, with art list. There's some indications yeah. uh, on of that. Yeah, um, I had another artist that I work with that kind of had to make a choice, I think, between mm-hmm. the two. And um, other than that, I don't have much to say about them as far as what I know about them, other than I've been uh, summarily dismissed by them a few times <laughs> when I, I've applied. I was also rejected by them uh, <laughs> before I ever was on Artlist, so they didn't know that I was I was on Artlist. Uh, um, I, I applied to Artlist, hadn't heard back from them yet, heard back from Music Vine first because I applied to them both at the same time. 
so they didn't they didn't know they just so they they rejected me based on the music i sent them uh and you know gave me no details but was it the same music as you sent to our same list thing. yeah same thing okay so that's interesting and uh now i do have some fresh intel about music vine and that actually just happened before this interview in another interview I was doing with somebody. And I made it a little snippet of that interview with a guy named Dan Barracuda. That's not his actual last name, but that's his kind of stage name. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, as you'll see in the interview, he goes by Barracuda Sound on Spotify and makes his rent. Uh, and that video will be coming up. But um, they asked him if he wouldn't mind changing it to Dan Barracuda rather than Barracuda Sound, which shows me again that they are go. after artists and not uh, music production sounding companies. 100%. Or like that. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, couldn't be more proof. So I'm going to send that information and that, that stuff to you, and we'll go to that let's, part of the let's check that that out right interview now. right yeah. now. Yeah. All right, so we're here with Dan Barracuda, and he just got accepted by Music Vine, which is one of the mid-tier libraries that Stevie B and I talk about. We call it mid-tier because we kind of feel like there are libraries that are in between regular stock music and, you know, and sync licensing. They're mainly because they're artist-based a lot of times, and they have a very specific kind of client, I think. It's usually the YouTuber or the corporate business uh, presentation maker or whatever, but they're after something a little bit more stylish, I think, and a little bit more um, younger, obviously, uh, than, than if you look at their artists, they're all going to be people in their 20s or 30s or, uh, or maybe 40s, but you're not going to see older artists in there. You're not going to see kids in there. You're going to see, you know, current looking people to me, uh, you know, people that labels would sign basically. So tell us a little bit first about the type of music that you, you sent to them. Uh, all my Spanish guitar pieces and, and not all of them, but a lot of them and, uh, acoustic guitar, like non-Spanish acoustic guitar instrument, all instrumental music, as well as my Christmas instrumental Spanish guitar renditions. Cool. And, uh, now we're going to really get some behind-the-scenes insider information. Go ahead and read the email that you just got today from Music Vine. Hey, Dan. Thanks again for bearing with us while we've continued to review your music. I'm very pleased to announce that we've approved more than enough of your music to set up your Music Vine and Upbeat portfolios with. We totally love your music, and it's quite unlike anything we have in our library. And then I did just want to note that we've... We're always keen for our artist entity, uh, sorry, identity and imagery to really reflect the music in their portfolios as this ultimately encourages more engagement. With that in mind, a few of us thought Barracuda Sound evoked a slightly more electronic slash pop sound than your music. We wondered if you might be open to considering a different name for your artist portfolio, perhaps simply Dan Barracuda. This is, of course, totally optional. If you'd like to stick with Barracuda Sound or go with something else, we're always happy to provide some suggestions. That'd be absolutely fine. Please don't hesitate to let me know either way. As for your tracks, I've outlined the ones we can take on right away, as long with, along with some others we'll hopefully be able to approve, subject to minor changes below. And then, so the approved list has, like, it looks like 20 songs. And then these are all sounding fantastic. 
Please take a read of my notes below to see how to submit these tracks. I should also note that we actually plan on holding back your Christmas music until sometime in late October, if that works for you. We find Christmas tracks to get very little interest until then, and releasing them nearer the time will simply mean your tracks will likely gain more visibility and engagement overall, as they will feature on our latest releases page when we do come to set them live. And then he sent me like six, seven of my tracks with minor notes. Like, can you please remove like the last few seconds of silence? Can you master this one a little bit louder? Can you fix the pitch on that one note that you play at 107? Um, and then at the end it says blah, blah, blah. Visuals for your portfolio page, signing up. Kind of directions for signing up. I hope this all makes sense, Dan, and please excuse the huge email. Blah, blah, blah. Again, we think your material is fantastic and we're very excited to welcome you into our artist community. And you said something similar about Dan Barracuda. You're like, I feel like that name sounds more like a producer, like artist, composer name than like Barracuda Sound. You did say that like a month ago when we talked. Yeah, Barracuda Sound sounds like a sound a company. I think, again, these places, and, and they said it too with wanting pictures and all that kind of stuff and the branding and all that kind of stuff. They are after a brand, an artist brand. They want Dan Barracuda. They don't want a barracuda music production company you know they want they want you they want the artist and and that's what we're going to talk about today in our podcast and as a matter of fact i may see if we there's a way we can play this video if that's okay with you as part of the podcast um okay so um if you're listening to the podcast i will put information about dan below how you can hear him and dan thanks so much for this insider yeah, I feel like you're a reporter out in the field. Thank you. And now <laughs> back to, you, Eric. to <laughs> back to the studio. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks. This is very exciting because this is going to be another income stream for you. And if it's anything like Artlist, from what I've heard, uh, I think you should do very well. And hey, I would love a long email from Music Vine if I was an artist. You know, yeah. the longer the better. That shows their interest, right? Exactly. It's super long. It's great. It's <laughs> excellent. Well, congratulations, man. You deserve it. I know you're working really hard at this stuff. And it, one question, we have a video that you can see uh, on our video channel uh, that an interview I'm doing with Dan about Spotify Playlist. Was, is all of this stuff already in Spotify Playlist? Um, the ones from accepted from Music Vine? Let me take a look. Um... Okay, so all of my Christmas stuff, which I made like 13 Christmas songs, 12, I think, 12 or 13, none of them hit editorial. And I was so bummed, but whatever. I don't know why it didn't. Well, I think Christmas is just so competitive. Again, I think it's just... Yeah. So, like, literally, I struck out completely. But, you know, I sold it as a Christmas album on Bandcamp, and I made a few hundred on that. So that was nice. And, and, you know, I put it on Pond 5 and I actually made like 50 bucks on Pond 5 because I was late to uploading it. Uh, like someone bought it at like December 22nd or something. But most of the stuff that you have had luck with curated playlists on Spotify, you got into Music Vine or at least. Yes. Yes. Uh, most of them. Some of them I did not. I did. They just didn't hit editorial, but they. Still... But they're on your Spotify. Yes. And did you give them your Spotify address when you applied? No. You're sure? I think so. I, I definitely I think not that's one books. of the things they check out. Um, any they, of, they probably any, checked out Barracuda Sound. But yeah, like, that's what I mean. Oh, okay, but not the other ones. Okay. 
All right. Well, that's interesting. All right, man. Well, again, thank you so much for this information and um, just hope for lots of success with that. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Okay. So that, that shows you uh, what, what it, what he did to get in this library, what they said when he got accepted and boy, just in some of the notes that they gave him. And it was a long email. He hmm. talks about how long the email was and how much they went on about exactly what they want from him, which songs were accepted, when that his Christmas songs were accepted but won't go online to like October. And, wow. you know, and then which songs weren't accepted. And actually, which songs need a little adjustment here or some noise taken out there? It's very long and detailed, wow. Wow. which is good. Again, it sounds like art list, very curated, mm-hmm. very carefully curated uh, artist-based stuff. They asked that he change his name from Barracuda Sound to Dan Barracuda, more of an artist name. So yeah. to me, that only underscores what we're talking about here with these. Totally. And would you say, I mean, like, would you, do you think that things are, go- are kind of going this way more and more? I mean, it feels it feels like that to me. It feels like the old uh, stock model, like the anonymous stock model is... Uh, is is kind of like things. I don't know if the, that that model is going to well, stick I think, around. I think it is because sync is also going this way a little bit. Sync licensing, um, a sync agent would much rather work with Stephen Bedall than he would work with uh, whatever you would call it, Bedall Music. Bedall Sound. Incorporated, yeah. <laughs> he, he would much rather work with an artist who has a Spotify, that has a good following, yeah. that has a website, that when they go to it, they see him as an artist, they see him on stage and, and doing those things. That's why mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would do a lot of changing to your website as an artist if you plan to continue to be an artist in Artlist, Music Fine, any of these that we're talking about, yeah. or even into your sync licensing uh, stuff because... These sync agents, these music supervisors, they love discovering artists. Just, the, just like A&R people love discovering artists, these people that are looking for songs for TV and film love having that indie artist that they discover. Totally. And so it's, it's becoming prevalent now in both these. I think even Motion Array likes an artist. Uh, I know that when I joined Audio Sparks, they asked me to pick a more because I was I go with from the moment music for most of my stock stuff, mm-hmm. but they asked me if I would just be called from the moment because they thought that sounded more artisty than from the moment music. Having the music on there made it sound like a production company versus being a, a having a name that sounded more like a band or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's becoming a thing all across the board. So. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's that's where we are with Music Vine and what we know. Um, another one that's like this is Marmoset, and um, again, I don't have a lot of intel here, uh, like almost done. I would suggest you go check out their website, and uh, they have a pretty easy way to um, to to apply. Now, when it comes to Artlist, Music Vine, Marmoset, and a lot that I'm talking about here. I'm actually working on my first course and ebook. It's going to I'm writing as an ebook first, but I'm going to make a course out of it. But I think the ebook's important to have as like a a a PDF tool for links and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to release the ebook with the course, but it goes through all the libraries that 
are in stock that I work with and, and all the ones that I haven't, including these, including the actual link to the actual page you need to go to to apply to each of these. Mm -hmm. And you can try your luck with all of them. So that information will be down in the description of these videos once it's ready. It's not quite ready yet. The ebook's about done, but then I gotta build the course. So uh, I'll have that information in there. But all of these, I'll leave um, links to how you can get to each one of their sites and the exact page you need to go to. But no matter if you have that link, you need to go to each library and look through it and make sure you think your music sounds like what they have and make sure you look like who they have. And, and, and that you're an artist that might be attractive to them. Um, I would not be that guy. I, I, I think I am, uh, I would have to really do some kind of, I'd have to get my daughter or somebody or my photographer in Nashville to do a really cool photo shoot with me doing cool artist things. But I, I still don't think that, and I don't really have that much interest in that. I'd rather just create and compose, and be more of a composer than, a, than an artist. And so you'll need to examine each one of these that we talk about. Any other thoughts about Marmoset? Have you looked at them at all? No, I don't, know how, I don't have any other um, intel on Marmoset or Soundstripe, um, Musicbed. Uh, yeah, a lot of these I'm, I'm, I, 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 think are, I think are quite difficult to get into. I, I know that some of them have had their doors closed to uh, applications yep. for a long time. I think Soundstripe has been... Uh, has been closed for applications for quite a while. I know that Musicbed has no options for sub for submitting music. I think they They're have a closed. I think, I think they have a they de were... dedicated like A team that goes out and, s and finds new music. Um, so yeah, the, the, some of these are pretty tricky to get into, and and that's the, we'll kind of the, the cool list. thing about Artlist is that they allow they're always open. You know, that's uh, that's kind of cool, um, and. Um, we can put the list of all these down in the notes. And Bed Tracks was the one I was thinking about. They only open every once in a while. And they were open at the beginning of this month on January 10th and are already closed again. Oh, wow. Um, Soundstripe, I know, is located in Nashville. So they probably have a team of Nashville uh, people working on that, most likely. Um, and Audio Socket, I know I have been uh, denied there a, f uh, a time or two every time I've tried. Mm -hmm. uh, with different brands and things like that, um, you were looking at Premium Beat. I'm about you? to. I'm I'm putting together a little package for Premium Beat. Yeah, um, from what I hear, they're very picky, and they 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 go on record saying that too. I think they say that only one percent of the submissions that they receive are accepted. Um, they are not artist focused, though. That's the interesting thing about yeah. thing about a Premium few of these Beat. are not. Yeah, yeah. So they don't really fit into what we're talking about, but. That being said, I've heard nothing but good things from the people who have uh, worked with them. Uh, but premium so. puts them above or at least as high as Motion Array, I would think, as, as a stock type of place. I would think they yeah. are more of a mid-tier library, certainly, than... Yeah, they seem to be very well curated, but there's no, um, yeah, there's no artist profiles or anything like that. I mean, like, there's no pictures and stuff like that, so... Yeah. So something to look into uh, if that artist, you know, thing isn't really your, um, if you don't really want to work that angle. Yeah. So uh, another one that I'm now involved with is called Jamendo. And mm -hmm. they, if you go to their site, it, it, it's, they've got two kind of different 
things. They've got more of a stock side and more of a licensing side. And it, to me, it almost feels a little bit more like Audio Sparks in a way. Um, but I am I'm part of their licensing thing. I was accepted into that. I don't know what that's going to be like. I'm literally only a few weeks to a month in with them right now. And they are located in Europe, in Luxembourg, as a matter of fact. And uh, so they are, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't have any uh, intel other than working with them <laughs> is fine. Yeah. They, they, you can tell that they put a lot of emphasis on streaming, just like AudioSparks does. They have a streaming side that they put in that, because they make you upload a 3,000 by 3,000 by 300 pixel uh, album. Uh, um, for digital cover of each song and okay. it, it needs to be unique so they are doing something with streaming whether it's their own streaming or it's spotify or whatever uh they 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 are doing something with that so that should bring at least some pennies and dollars per month if if that's the case but i like working with them so far they've been very nice they're very nice to talk to apparently they pay at the first of every month okay um, when when you have things and i'll I'll let you know. I, I'm putting all my new things up there and so going back and getting some of my more corporate-y and, and uh, I'm not putting, I'm not dumping in there. I am being very careful what I put in there and seeing how it works and seeing if anything gets and, used. And sorry, this is Audio Socket? No, this is Gemendo. Gemendo, sorry, right. Audio Socket, I, I haven't, I have, I've been uh, rejected a few times with different brands there, but I, I haven't tried a lot of things there. Okay. So that's part of the list. We have two more on this list, and one is we'll start with Epidemic Sound, and this one is has a little bit of controversy to it, yeah. um, mainly because they do not allow anyone. Not only can the music not be in a PRO like BMI or ASCAP or SOCAN or whatever, you cannot even be a member of any of those PROs to send them music which is insane. what do you know which is insane I, i've heard the same thing um and if that is if that is indeed the case then uh that would be an absolute deal breaker um for me just on principle uh it doesn't it, it that makes no sense i think that all music creators should retain the right to uh, register their music with the performance rights organization uh, and if anyone's trying to be an obstacle to that, then I would I would find that highly suspicious. I have to wonder if you could just form a band and make music for them under another name that's not part of a PRO. But it, it seems like they don't want you personally part of any PRO because they don't want any possibility of royalty uh, infringement. Um, in this, and they want it. They they want to make sure they are royalty free. I mean, almost no one else. One two three RF says this, but they they just mean the music can't be that. But even that seems to not be a heavily enf enforced thing. It doesn't seem to be. But, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It's but, an interesting thought, um, and it's funny. The, the the word the term royalty free is kind of like a misnomer in that sense. It's like it's not exactly totally royalty free if it's like uh, if you can generate performance royalties from it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I suppose if the price is right, you know, the, if the price for the buyout is right, which you know, I, I understand that's how I understand it. They they offer money up front for uh, for completed tracks um, that they're going to put on their site. 
I will say uh, this: the tracks are good. They're very good. Totally they're certain. Totally they're certainly the quality of art list. And I know that if you watch any YouTubers, everybody seems to use them and do. Uh, they they must offer a really nice. Uh, <clears throat> what do you call that uh, sponsor video price as well? Because yeah. I see a lot of the YouTubers I follow, especially those who make YouTube videos um, really saying a lot of things about epidemic sound and doing sponsored videos based around epidemic sound. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's very popular with YouTubers. And again, we have to remember that none of these companies, not one of them was made for us. For, for composers. They weren't made for composers. They were made for video editors. They were made for people who need music for whatever use they need it for. They're not made for us. Sometimes mm -hmm. we tend to think of all of these places, Pond5 and all of these uh, stock libraries, Motion Array, like they were made for composers. You gotta, you gotta to keep them. the customer in mind, not only while you're writing the music, but yeah, when you're when you're uploading it too, it's like, Exactly right. It's it's not. It's they not, need composers, but they didn't build it for composers. They built <laughs> it for people to pay for the music yeah. and the service. And so, um, if you are a brand new person looking at all this, and you and you've never done anything with stock music, and you've never done anything with sync licensing, and you've never signed up with a PRO because you haven't, then Epidemic Sound might be a great way to get started. If you're not part of the whole establishment, and you and you write write music but it's hard to imagine anyone who is that serious a composer never uh joining with a pro i don't really understand and, why they wouldn't allow you to join with pro what like what, why wouldn't they just say uh don't register this music with a pro i mean the maybe they just don't want to fool with the possibility that someone would would put one of their songs from that they send the epidemic sound up there by mistake and then they'd have to deal with the uh, the problems that come from that it's a little odd. and I, I take it they don't allow content id either oh i'm sure I, they I don't, don't. Know. i'm sure they have their own content id system similar to yeah. to some of these other libraries like artlist um yeah i don't really know uh i wish i we, we don't have anyone in the discord who's worked with epidemic um as far as i know uh, it'd be nice if to get kind of someone was talk from personal experience um i know that uh, like watching uh I don't know if you've heard of uh, Sarah, the instrumental instrumentalist. She's a popular YouTuber, but she uh, mm -hmm. she was working with Epidemic Sound. She's doing kind of lo-fi hip-hop stuff, um, and she made quite a few videos about it. She has a great YouTube channel. You should go check that out. Okay. I, I, I'd say here's, here's our request in this podcast and in this video. If you're still watching and listening right now, and you are – a writer for any of these libraries, including Artlist, Music Vines, Marmoset, Epidemic Sound, Soundstripe, Musicbed, Bedtracks, Audio Beat. Socket, Premium Beat, Gemendo, or Audio, and you're with any of these, we'll talk about audio in just a second, but if you're with any of these libraries, please leave us a comment and totally. tell us what your experience is. We may even be interested in interviewing you and highlighting your channel or highlighting your music or anything like that, because we can only know by people's experience. And that's the beauty about uh, Steve's Academy, his Production Music Academy, and, and, and our Discord, and our YouTube channels in general, and our comments. Just hearing from other people and their experiences is how we gather the intel to share with you on what is happening, not just with us, but with everybody. Absolutely. And so uh, it would be really great. And maybe 
there are some social media that I can do on the Instagram and Facebook side. And I know a couple of groups I could go to on Facebook right now and probably find somebody who's worked with all of these. So I'm gonna do yep. that. And once, if we do, maybe we'll have a revisit episode where we we really go into some, some intel we found out, but please tell us. And the last one to talk about is a, a site called Audio with two eyes. And um, I'll mention that because I do, I do think it belongs in this list. Mm -hmm. um, but the only person I know who's had any kind of, uh, of, of, of experience with them is you. And uh, it wasn't great so yeah, far. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I've just, I don't know what's going on, really. Uh, my music is up there. Uh, I sent them an application around the same time that I sent Artless an application. Uh, Artless responded to me saying, uh, asking me to confirm that my music was not uh, registered with a content ID system. I said it wasn't. And they, they said, that's good because we have our own content ID system. Audio got back to me when I submitted to them uh, at around the same time. And they said the same thing. They said, we can't have your music with any content ID system. I said, okay, well, look, um, my music is being accepted by Artlist. They have their own content ID, ID system. So that's going to be a conflict of interest. Um, maybe I'll send you guys some new music. How about that? Sorry about the, you know, um, sorry about all that. And they never responded. And I sort of was under the impression that I'd burned the bridge or something like, you know, that maybe they were like, oh, well, he's on art list. Like, you know, screw him. Um, and I was okay with that, you know. Um, and then I checked back like almost a year later on the site just out of, out of curiosity. And I th always thought it was bizarre that I never heard back from them. And I found that my music was live on the site. So I immediately emailed them and asked them, hey, like I, I didn't realize that my music has gone live. Um, I didn't think that you guys were going to accept it. I thought it would be an issue with the content ID system. And P.S. How long has my music been on this site? And also P.S.S. When when am I going to get paid? And yeah. like, is there any money coming in? And how do you guys pay? Because there was no information about any of it. There was just no information at all, no communication. And someone got back to me with you know within a few days, and they said, "Hey, sorry for you know the." the lack of communication we had a switch over with our management or, or our our, uh, our leadership and um and the guy who was originally communicating with you he's no longer with us and uh your music has been live on the site since uh, since march so it's been almost a year since my music has been live there i've i've received no information uh in terms of like how many downloads i'm getting i've not been paid um, I don't know if I will be paid. They, they did tell me that they have a threshold of 250 bucks, I think, to, that authors need to meet before they do payouts. Um, and uh, initially, that the first person I talked to said they do quarterly, quarterly payouts. Um, I don't know if they still do that. Um, so, look, I mean, it's funny, you know, I was talking to you about this before we went live, but the... It's, you know, looking at the what's going on right now with Motion Array, I mean, like, you know, I think people are kind of upset with them uh, over, like, a perceived lack of transparency uh, to, uh, to some degree. But, you know, the the truth is that the, the, the transparency even, like, you know, as much for, for what it's worth is, like, so much more than you get with some of these other libraries. You really don't know what the hell's going on uh, behind the scenes here. Like, I have no information from them whatsoever. And... I don't know. It just, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. You know, like, I mean, if I, I can go on Artlist right now and tell you exactly how many downloads I've gotten from, well, from that my was tracks. my first question to you. You have a dashboard on Artlist that you can check yeah. out how your stuff is doing yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Tell you Do you exactly. have a dashboard on audio? No. 
None. None. No way to log in. No and, way to check. And... There's no artist portal. Nothing. That's odd. Yeah. Um, do you have a payment set up? You have a payment method set up in Artlist so that you will get paid when they pay. Do you have one yeah. set up in audio? No. No, I have no idea well, how, how would they pay, pay you. Exactly. I just don't know. I just don't know. It just, it just all. I and I feel like this is probably par for the course with a lot of companies out there. I mean, there's a lot of music libraries out there. There's so many, and we don't know what the hell's going on. Like yeah. you know, and and so it's so people who are upset about Motion Array, like keep in mind that like the <laughs> what you're seeing there in terms of the dashboard, in terms of like what you're getting with downloads and stuff like that, is as much as like. You know, I understand that people are upset about the the pay cut. I, so am I. Um, yeah. But like, you know, there's there, you get a whole lot more transparency there than you do on for with the average library. That's for sure. Yeah, they're not they're not sharing their their monthly income now with us like they did before. Yeah, I um, mean that was beyond transparent. I mean that was beyond transparent, and I'm not sure that that mattered to me. I I didn't even really I look didn't care at about those it. numbers. Yeah, I, and those numbers weren't important to me. <laughs> All I care about was the money they were paying me. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting to see the percentage of that I was getting, um, and and you knew by that percentage what you were getting paid, but the new system is just as transparent, I believe. I mean. It's less. You just you know what you have to do to make more, but there's a cap really on what you can make probably, unless you can just yeah I mean, crank out four thousand tracks. That's that's it. I mean, the royal the royalty distribution system now is obviously you know not being skewed in our favor no yeah. any longer, which is which is totally unfortunate. And I, and I, I, just, I am I am really bummed out about that, but um, still, just that put that aside. Yeah, I mean, I can go on the dashboard and see how many downloads I've got. And I mean, that's, yeah. that's, and, you know, I know how much money I'm going to earn too. Like, I see where the money counter is. And you just don't get any of that on most of these libraries. You don't even get Pond anything close. Pond 5 gives you that. Yeah. Uh, audio Jungle, Motion Grid, <laughs> Music Grid, even though it's all zeros, it gives you that at least, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, although uh, there is hope for for things, and I, I'm making a video about some some hope for things like motion, uh, what I call it, motion grid, music grid, and uh, motion elements, and some of these are showing possibilities for different ways to make income with them. And I'm doing a video on that, but um, so yeah, these are the mid tier libraries we're talking about. Uh, those are that's what we know for now. If you have any intel to share with us. Let us know by hook or crook, by email or by DM or by no, uh, comments in any of the ways you're listening. Uh, you can email makemusicincome at gmail.com with any thoughts about any of these libraries. If you've been uh, fairly or unfairly treated by them, uh, tell us your story. We'd love to hear it. Totally. And, um, like I said, I will. I'm working on a book that that has all of this, and a course that has all of the emails to these. But you can look all these up. I'm going to put the uh, the names of them below. You can do the research from there for now. Um, but uh, all right, so that's that's pretty much our topic for today. I do want to do one more thing before we end, especially for those of you who are are still hanging with us here. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast we're, we're getting um our, our probably estimated audience is somewhere around 170 to 200 uh listens a, a, an episode now awesome. we're just about to get towards 2000 total plays 
And uh, but I find it very in- interesting. I can see some of our analytics here. Our audience is only thirty six percent in the United States. Cool. The rest of it comes from around the world. Fourteen percent United Kingdom, six hmm. percent Canada. Now come on, where Steve. The, where are the Canadians at? Pretty... Where are my Canadians at? Come on. You need to come on, Henry. This is a U.S. <laughs> this is a joint U.S. Canadian uh, venture here. <laughs> so we need some Canadian support. Um, Germany is at 5%, Ukraine, 3%, God bless them. Um, Ireland, 3%, Sweden, 3%, and Brazil, Italy, Mexico, Spain, Norway, Argentina, all at three and 2% and lots and lots more. Every country is basically kind of listed here. So that's very cool. Um, thank you to everyone who is listening everywhere. Um, Spotify is the number one place, but only by a percentage point, 39%. Apple Podcast is at 38%. So those make up 60, 70, 81 per, No, that's not right. Uh, 60, 77% of listens is on Spotify or Apple. The rest is web browser, overcast, anchor, VLC, or Google Podcasts. That's so awesome. Other. Thank you guys for listening and, and, and supporting us and listen, and watching on YouTube too. It's, a, it's really... Uh, it's really fun for us to do this and, and uh, uh, it's got a lot, lot of, of great feedback from it. So it's, it's yeah. awesome, man. And the demographics are pretty cool too. Um, 42% are between 35 and 44. And then it goes down in both directions. The next biggest one is 45 to 59, which makes sense when you think of people who listen to podcasts. And the next biggest is 21% is 28 to 34. And the most interesting one of all is our gender, 90% male. Oh, we got right, 10% guys. female? We, we have 3% female oh, three. and 6% non-specified. Oh, I see. So, okay. um, and 2% yeah. non-binary, to be fair. I'm always I'm always a little bit bummed that there's like not as many. Um, I think there's, we have, I think there, there was three females in the Production Music Academy. Now, I think one just left. Uh, so I got two ladies in there and... I was happy to have one um, one female contestant for the the contest yesterday at least, but I mean it always bums me out that there's not more interest from uh, from women in uh, music production and and sync licensing. There ought to be there ought to be more. So, uh, ladies, if you're out there, come on. You know, it strikes me as odd because if I as I look back at my artist uh, experience and most of my work outside of my own composing and still one of my my main income sources producing artists and it's overwhelmingly well not overwhelmingly but certainly 60 40 female yeah well the, um, on the artist side there's you know tons yeah tons of female um female art, female artists but it seems to be that like the the, the more like sync like stock music music production kind of stuff is skewed uh, very heavily towards um men for whatever reason I even got a uh, a note back from one of my longtime artists for about fifteen or twenty years. We've been working together, and she, and and they're saying to a person, especially females, they just don't have interest in the licensing. It's just they they want to have, and maybe it's something about women want to have a connection with music with people mm-hmm. live. So that's yeah. why they tend to be artists more than they tend to be sitting in a room 
making stuff like guys. We like, we're cave dwellers. We well, like to sit in a in a dark room and create with a computer. You know. Yeah. Well, not to so, yeah, not to generalize. This is this you know every there's ex- exceptions to all these uh, generalizations, of course. But it seems that you know that maybe a fundamental difference between us is that men are interested in things and women are interested in people. So yeah. it makes sense that uh, that we see a lot of artists, female artists, and maybe a lot of uh, uh, you know us dorky music producers in our room playing around with their DAWs. <laughs> with our toys, which by the way, uh, one of our upcoming podcasts is going to be entitled Tools Not Toys. Yeah. And talking about the toys that we buy or the tools that we need in order to be successful uh, making music income. So be looking forward to that. And with that, I think that's about all we we got for this week. I think that's a wrap. Yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. Yep, thanks for listening. And go out there and make music and make music income. Thanks so much for listening. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder to check out makemusicincome.com and productionmusicacademy.com. And you can find us both on YouTube as well. We both post regular content there. You can find me at Stevie B Production Music Academy and Eric's channel is called Make Music Income. We'd love to see you there. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to our content. Also, feel free to join us in the Make Music Income Discord server. Lots of great conversation going on in there, and you can share your work and connect with other like-minded folks. It's a great community. So thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.